You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Science and innovation are at the heart of the UK's long-term economic plan. The UK science base is extraordinary. Um, We're fortunate in the UK that we have an awful lot to work with, and you'll see some of the sort of highlights up on the screen there. We pride ourselves on being highly internationally connected with strong overseas links through our research base and very high levels of foreign investment. Um, We heard earlier um, that Korea hasn't relied a lot on foreign direct investment. I suppose that's direct contrast um, to the UK where foreign direct investment is very much at the heart of what we do or what we we try to achieve. We are a destination of choice for high quality researchers and we continue to develop open, positive and mutually supportive relationships with a range of countries around the world, both to encourage investment, as I said, in the UK and to also enable the UK businesses to export. However, not unlike Australia, we do face some challenges as well. We've heard uh, today a lot about the World Innovation Index and the UK currently ranks third um, on that index, but historically we've invested less in research and development than our competitor nations. And while we have more Nobel laureates than any country outside of the US, um, more often than not, our ideas are commercialised outside of the UK. And while we rank third in the OECD for the number of startups that we create, we're only the 13th for the number that go on to become scale-up businesses. Addressing these crucial challenges requires both public and private sector commitment. We've heard a lot today about business-led innovation, and that's a key priority for us as well. Innovation has been and will continue to be a key driver of the UK economic growth and prosperity. Prosperity. We estimate that up to 70% of our economic growth going forward will come from innovation. For an advanced economy like the UK, the ultimate guarantee of competitiveness going forward is not to pile it high and sell it cheap, but to do what we do and do it better than anybody else. So do what no one else can do and do what we do as well as we can do. By definition, we need to innovate to acquire knowledge that no one else possesses. We need to develop and produce goods and services that no one else offers. Businesses that invest in research and development and other forms of innovation have higher productivity, create higher quality jobs, and are more likely to export. That theme around higher quality jobs is a very strong theme at the moment, particularly as we move into an era where people are variously quoting statistics saying that up to 40% of the workforce will lose their jobs between up to 2025. We need to make sure that we're creating jobs in areas that are sustainable. So not any job, but jobs um, that will be there for the future. The government's current strategies around innovation were really as a consequence of the global financial crisis. At that time, the government realised that they needed to rebalance the economy away from consumption and towards investment and away to other sectors beyond the financial services sector. 
UK has obviously always been very strong in financial services, but the GFC really highlighted our weaknesses in that area. Now we face another bigger challenge, and that's around leaving the EU. And so again, in that context, the government is once again re-evaluating its strategies to encourage innovation. One of Theresa May's first actions as Prime Minister was to establish a new department which has a specific responsibility developing a modern industrial strategy. So this is all around business-led innovation. Through industrial strategy, it'll be a whole-of-government approach to work in partnership with industry to set the long-term directions needed to give business the confidence to invest and to create the right conditions to further build on our innovation economy. I'd like to highlight today some of the policies that fall under this strategy and others that the UK government has instigated in order to become a world-leading knowledge nation, which is a driver of business-led innovation. So the areas I'd like to focus are on building the science and innovation pipeline. As I said, we've got a lot to build to start with, but we need to build that. Education, skills and talent, facilitating commercialisation, tax and financial incentives, and encouraging clusters of innovation. The Science and Innovation Agenda, which was announced in late 2014, um, builds on the great strengths of British science and enterprise, and sets out the government's priorities for investment and support to 2021, as well as the key principles that will underpin science and innovation policy. A centrepiece of that strategy was committing £5.9 billion pounds, um, to support scientific excellence out to 2021. That was the most long-term commitment we'd seen to science um, in decades. It includes $3 million to maintain the excellence of laboratories at universities and research institutes, and $2.9 million towards large capital projects to, su to support what we call great scientific challenges. Collaboration and openness are concepts that feature throughout the UK policies in relation to innovation. And in a post-Brexit environment, collaboration and being open are more important than ever. Britain will always be open for business and will be always open to collaborative partnerships with like-minded countries, institutions, innovators, charities and businesses right around the world. In this week's autumn statement, the government's committed a further $4.7 billion out to 2020. These are big numbers. Um, an increase of 20% in R&D funding to foster collaboration and to enhance the UK's position as a world leader in science and innovation. Funding also will focus on supporting collaborations between universities and businesses with R&D projects to help the UK remain an attractive place business to invest. We'll support scientific research and development technologies such as robotics, artificial intelligence and industrial biotechnology. Let me now move on to education, skills and talent. Of course, driving innovation in any economy relies on being able to attract, retain and train the best people. That's why the UK government is investing in its skills pipeline all the way from primary schools through to university. Like many governments, the UK 
has and will continue to take measures to provide greater support for skills and research with a focus on the STEM subjects. Vocational training is also extremely important and it takes centre stage um, with a renewed focus on apprenticeships. The government is committed to providing an additional 3 million apprenticeship starts in England alone by 2020. To facilitate this, we have a new apprenticeship levy which will be introduced from April of next year. The levy aims to support quality training, improve productivity and address critical skill shortage in key areas, including technical skills. The levy will not only incentivise business to invest more in apprenticeships, but also give employers more control about how government funding on skills is spent. And we've heard today also about the focus on vocational training from other countries. And this is a key focus for ours going forward. The UK also offers an exceptional talent visa, which aims to attract the best and brightest talent from around the world to the UK. Again, this concept of being open. These visas are offered to those who are recognised or emerging as, or emerging leaders in a field, including areas of science, engineering, medicine and digital technology. Focusing on and encouraging commercialisation then. At the beginning I talked about how the UK is great at base research, but commercialisation, like Australia and like many countries, is, is often where we fall down. To focus investment and facilitate commercialisation, um, the UK has identified emerging technologies. We call these our great technologies with commercial opportunities where the UK has research expertise and business capabilities to become a world leader. We originally identified eight big technology or great technologies. They were big data, satellites, robotics and autom autonomous systems, synthetic biology, regenerative medicine, agri-science, advanced materials and energy storage. In 2014, we added quantum technologies and the Internet of Things to the list. I'll now move briefly on to um, an important springboard for uh, commercialisation, which is Innovate UK. It's the government's innovation agency, drive with charging science and technology innovation to grow the UK economy. UK, Innovate UK is particularly focused on small businesses who have traditionally experienced barriers to innovation more keenly than other businesses. Since 2007, Innovate UK has committed over £1.8 billion to innovation, which has been matched by a similar amount in partner and business funding. They've helped more than 7,600 organisations with um, £11.5 billion added to the UK economy, creating 55,000 extra jobs. UK, Innovate UK has long played a pioneering role in connecting businesses with what we call lead customers. So customers that allow businesses um, to get their business off the ground effectively. And that's through the Small Business Research Initiative. The program generates new business opportunities for companies and provides small and medium sized enterprises a route to market for their ideas and bridges the seed funding gap experienced in many early stage companies.
Through this program, the government has recently indicated that it's looking to more, make more um, use of strategic use of government procurement um, to give people a not only to spur innovation in those in the public sector, but also to give those businesses a foot in the door. A key part of what Innovate UK does is build better links between science, creativity, um, and business by connecting companies, government agencies, research organisations, tech hubs, and startups, public funding bodies, venture capital firms, and private equity investors. This system is known as the Knowledge Transfer Network, and it's, as I said, it's all about making sure that there are connections and networks and collaboration between various um, entities in the economy. Innovate UK is also responsible for a network of world-leading catapult centres across Britain designed to transform the UK's capability for innovation and help drive future economic growth. Here's a list um, of the catapult centres um, that we currently have. You'll see that they often overlap with the great technologies that I talked about earlier. Each catapult centre specialises in, in a different area of technology. They're broadly uh, around the UK, so they're not just uh, centred in the southeast. Um, a deliberate policy of having them right throughout the UK. They provide access to expert capabilities, equipment and other resources which are required to take innovative ideas from concept to reality. They enable businesses, both large and small, and researchers to work collaboratively to solve problems and develop new products on a commercial scale. Consistent with this theme of collaboration is the Knowledge Transfer Partnership. The scheme helps businesses to innovate and grow by linking them with a university and a graduate to work on a specific project. The amount that the company contributes depends on the scale and the length of the project, but typically it's between 20,000 and 30,000 Results to date of that program have been very impressive. Businesses who participated have received an average increase in annual profits of more than a million pounds and created two new jobs. Academic partners have produced on average more than three research projects and two research papers associated with each project. And around 60% of those graduates have gone on to be offered a permanent um, role with the company that they were working with. Let me now quickly move on to taxation policy. Our aim in the UK is not simply to have the lowest corporate tax rate. That's obviously important. We are currently sitting at 20% corporate tax rate and the plan is for it to decrease to 17% by 2020 and that was just um, reiterated in the autumn statement. But also the tax system needs to be profoundly pro-innovation. Innovations like the patent box provide corporation tax relief for innovative high-tech industries, giving it an effective tax rate of just 10% worldwide for profits from the exploitation of that patent. Since 2010, the government has also made research and development credits more generous and easier to use. Support has risen to 
a billion pounds a year to, to almost two and a half billion pounds a year. This week, with the release of the autumn state, we heard that the government is aiming to make the tax system more uh, pro-innovation, and we'll look at particularly the R&D tax credit environment, looking at ways to make it even more competitive uh, to do R&D in the UK. Oh, We've also got measures in place to encourage equity investment in start-up businesses. With my venture, back, venture capital background, I'm profoundly aware how difficult it is for businesses to get early stage investment, um, both here and in the UK, to be absolutely frank. Um, so what this scheme tries to do is to provide a number of generous tax incentives to individuals investing in certain qualifying trading companies. And the objective is to encourage equity investment into higher risk trading companies that might otherwise not be able to raise money. I'll finish by touching briefly on the concept of place. Uh, I showed you the map earlier, which was where the uh, catapult centres were. It's, from a UK government's perspective, it's really important um, that specialisation is something that we focus on. The reason that we, we excel in financial services is not because London is the cheapest city in the world. We all know that's not the case. But it's because nowhere else is there a greater concentration of specialist knowledge. Therefore, through departments such as mine, the Department for International Trade, the government encourages people to consider locating in clusters of local expertise. Driving innovation at that local level is a key policy objective. And it's not just London we're seeing these clusters of innovative expertise develop. Oxfordshire, for example, is the heart of the motorsport racing industry, with four Formula One teams based in the county. But more importantly, there's 4,000 high-performance engineering companies in that local area that have sprung up to support those Formula One teams. Oxfordshire, interestingly enough, is also a thriving life sciences cluster, which offers a unique um, clinical understanding, research development, expertise and patient implementation. There's also emerging high-tech clusters around areas like Bristol, Bath and Swindon and agri-tech clusters around Norwich and Cambridge, just to name a few. The 39 local enterprise partnerships across England and the developed administration, devolved administration sorry, of Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland are now key players in steering innovation support at a local level and working to maximise the amount of funds available in their regions. There are many regional incentives that I can point to, but one I think which is really interesting is the Bristol Open Data Network, or the Bristol Open Data Initiative. Um, Bristol is using smart technologies and digital connectivity to meet the city's environmental, social and economic challenges and opportunities to become a truly smart city. A key part of that is effectively they've made all of their data available. So they have open access to Bristol's data to make it easier for citizens, researchers and developers to access, analyse and share information. And in this way, new solutions to the city's problems are developed, will be developed. 
So whilst this is not business-led innovation, this is government-led innovation at a very local level. So to sum up, the UK does have an extraordinary science base. We're highly internationally connected with strong overseas links through our research base and our very high levels of foreign investment. We know, however, that we can't rest on our laurels and we know the economy is changing. And we know we've got Brexit coming. So, while the government, so the government is increasing funding to improve the science and innovation pipeline. Like Australia, we face challenges to convert this into commercial reality. While policies to create an innovative economy are broad ranging, they are fundamentally centred around creating conditions where business-led ideas can emerge and grow. An industrial strategy where the whole of government is working in partnership with industry to, ship, to set the long-term direction needed to give business the confidence to invest. A focus on vocational training, which give, gives employers more control on how government funds are spent on skills. And a tax system which is proud, profoundly pro-innovation. And as I said, encouraging those local clusters of innovation.